be seated. We're going to continue our study here tonight, and uh, I guess this will be a part two of the part two. Uh, equipped for the journey, the battle for heart, soul, mind, strength. So this will be the second part of of that uh, uh, study there. I just, uh, I felt the need to go back. And there's so much, um, there's so much scripture that covers these things. And I just didn't want to, to just forget about some, some things that I believe will, will help us uh, in this, in this journey of, of, um, of being equipped. Amen. How many of you believe that God has given us everything that we need to be equipped for our journey? Amen. We, we don't lack in anything. And uh, if, we, if there is lack, it's because we're, we're looking to the wrong source. And as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and, and, and accept His Word and the, the principles and the, and the truths in His Word, we have enough. In fact, we've got more than enough to, to, to help us get to that place. And so I want to try to help us here with some things as we get into this study some more, dig a little deeper. And let's, before we do that, I want to pray that God would help us. God, I, I thank you for this opportunity, this wonderful moment, Lord, and the work that you're not just doing in this church and those that may be listening online, but the work that you're doing in me, God. I know that I haven't made it yet. We haven't made it. We haven't apprehended it, Lord. But we are in pursuit, God. And I pray that you would give us a clear understanding of, of what it is that will help us, the, the principles in your word that will help us make sure that we have everything in our hands and in our hearts and in our minds, oh God, that will help us make it to the end. I want to make it to heaven, oh God. And I know that you have given us uh, the things necessary to make sure that that's our destination, God. We don't believe once saved, always saved, but we believe that you have enough power to keep us saved we know lord that if we if we or if we uh, turn ourselves to you and we submit to you god you can keep us saved amen and i want to endure to the end i want to endure to the end we have covered the importance of our altar is the first thing and and obeying the instructions that we hear at our altar. Amen. How many of you believe that in this place up here and, and in other churches where there are altars and there have been uh, ministers that have delivered the word of the Lord, that there has been something that has happened to each and every one of us at this place. And then we went home and guess what we did? We built altars for ourselves. You guys hear that? 
Is that a truck or something? <laughs> Sorry. There's a low-end rumble outside. By entering this covenant between us and God, everything is contingent on our obedience to Him. If I do this, He will do that. If I obey, He will bless. He has promised you and I that the righteous would never be forsaken. That His people would never be beggars. Come on, there is... Uh, no way that any child of God should ever be begging. If their source, if their true source is God himself, then they will always have everything that they need to make it. And they'll never have to beg for it because God's people are not beggars. God's people are walking in his promises, even in a barren an unfruitful land, there is provision for God's people. He has promised us houses full of good things we did not fill, hewn cisterns we did not dig, vineyards and olive trees we did not plant, and we eat and are satisfied. We have been sealed by the promise of redemption, and we have His Spirit to help us Get there if we can endure to the end. He promised he would be with us all the days of our life. And he would teach us how to endure to the end. He did not save you and I so we would be lost by the wayside. He did not. He made a way for us to come into this covenant and have what we need to make it home. Mark 12, 29 through 31, we read this uh, Sunday. Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And ye shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like is this, ye shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The first commandment is our God is one. And we have to love him with all heart, with all soul, with all mind, with all strength. The very first thing uh, when we step into this covenant is to give God our entirety and love him with every fiber of our being. That means our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, our thoughts and feelings, spirit and breath, ability and might. If you are all in and you are willing to love yourself and your neighbor, you will be fulfilling the commandments Jesus said. Fulfill all other commandments by just loving God with everything that we have and loving our neighbor as ourself. We've got to love ourselves. I said that before. You can't love your neighbor the way God intended you to love your neighbor without loving yourself first. You've got to love yourself enough to get up out of the ashes of failure. You have to love yourself enough to try again, to get back up, repent, turn your ways to Him and say, I repent, God. 
And by doing this, Jesus said, you will fulfill all the other commandments. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, I love the Lord. Well, you better keep his commandments. If I love him, my goal must be to hold on to his commandments. To always make sure that I'm all in. And if I'm not, I must return and allow him to help me by revealing to me what's wrong. We can't let a day go by that our faith is uncertain. That our commitment is uncertain. We've got to make sure every day that I am all in. I'm not going anywhere. I have got a made up mind. I am going to walk with the Lord. I choose this day. I choose you, Jesus. I choose to walk with you. choose you God Psalm 139 23 and 24 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. The word search means to examine intimately, to penetrate. If I am concerned about doing the right thing, making the right choices, moving in the right direction. I must have intimate moments with the Lord so He can show me what must be removed. When we're born again, we don't enter into this thing complete. But we enter into this covenant with all the tools that will help us become complete. And as we move forward, the Lord begins to deal with us in ways nobody else understands. He knows how to reach each and every one of you. He knows how to speak to me. He knows how to deal with me. That's because he's personal. We've got a personal God. We've got a personal companion. He said, I'll be with you. I will be in you. And I will lead you and guide you into all truth. If I've got ears to hear the truth, He will speak, and if I have obedience and submission in my life, I will receive his words. If I'm all in, I want him to search me so he can help me. The only way that I can be victorious is if I let him search me. I've got to be willing to let him search my heart. I've got to be willing to let him examine me. 
to look into the depths where no nobody could go. Come on, into the depths where I can't even go. When he says, and know my heart, here he's speaking of the mind. And, and, and when he says, uh, try me, he's saying, investigate and know my thoughts. Thoughts here is used for deep thoughts. The thoughts that only God can present to you. If there is wickedness, he'll know how to show it to you. If you want him to examine and investigate your thoughts and even the deepest part of you to make sure you are clean, he will do it. If you want him to have access to the deepest parts for the purpose of revealing to you the contents of your heart, he will do it. But you've got to be willing to take what he shows you and lay it down and say, I don't want this any longer. I don't want this wickedness upon part of my life if you show me something Lord I want it out of my life because I know that you're trying to save me you're trying to help me make it to the end to endure the end and I know that I've got to get rid of the baggage I know I can't carry wickedness in my heart you can't play with God because you think his grace is sufficient for you Because that would be taking it out of context. Because what His grace is there for is to teach you how to live in a godly way. In an ungodly world. Teaching you how to deny it. And cling to the words of truth. And cling to the, to the word of life. Cling to the way, the truth, and the lie. He said in 24, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to know if there's anything wicked because I want to be led in the way everlasting. I want to keep his commandments and I know that if there is wickedness, he won't hear me when I cry unless I'm repenting and asking for help out of the mess. I know that some of you don't even need to hear this. But for those who need to hear it, you better receive the word of the Lord. You better prepare yourself right now while we have the opportunity, while we have daylight, while we have this moment of time. When the Lord is knocking on our hearts and he said, if you turn away from me, I can't guarantee the outcome for you. And I'm, t I'm not talking about life safety. I'm talking about eternity safety. Because no matter what, when we leave this place, we may take our last breath. And enter into eternity. But if I've got a made up mind. And I've got my heart fixed. 
I'm settled. I'm rooted. I'm staying. I'm trying to endure. I know that when I close my eyes forever, I am going to be in a place right with Him. I believe that God is close to the broken because the center of our will and intellect is vulnerable in that moment. And He can move in in that moment and allow His goodness to reveal what has been missing in our life. That's why he's close to the broken. Because there is an opportunity to get in there and allow you to see what you have been missing. Where there is brokenness at an altar, the Spirit of God is ready to move in and heal. That's why when, when we can have a service like Sunday and be broken in His presence, touched by His presence with the evidence of the encounter on our face and in our spirit, it's in those moments we forget about our thoughts before the encounter. If I let Him intimately investigate me and reveal my thoughts to me, I have an opportunity to be broken for them so He can help me get rid of them, so He can help me have a life change, a, a mind change, my thought process change. It's in those moments, in His presence, when I'm broken. That God can do repair in us. But I've got to let him intimately investigate. I've got to let him penetrate this exterior and get into the innermost man and let him let him let him have the deepest part and reveal it to me Matthew 5 and 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God we will see him if we have pure thoughts a pure mind it's hard to even focus on Him or see Him in anything if there are things inside that don't belong. You might be able to hide wickedness from your family. You might be able to hide wickedness from your brothers and sisters, from your pastor, but you cannot hide them from God. Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
God has blessed us with his word and under the anointing of his preached word he reveals to those who are listening their thoughts and intentions not just on the surface but deep thoughts and deep concerns. He is trying to get a hold of people because he knows how to save. He knows how to deliver. He knows how to heal and so he will use the preacher. He will use his word to get into our thoughts and the deepest part of us to reveal to us what's wrong that's why people run to the altar Because God has revealed their wicked ways and they want out. God has revealed to them what's really going on on the inside and they want out. Acts 2, 36 and 37. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter, he said, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain when he had finished they were pricked in their hearts their thoughts had experienced a penetration that revealed their wickedness and Peter now filled with the Holy Ghost gave them an opportunity to be free from their wicked ways their wicked thoughts and all who gladly received were baptized and added to the church when we or anyone for that matter hears the words of the Spirit how we respond will determine what what level of intimacy we will have with our God and what level of intimacy we have with Him will determine what our journey looks like. Some people are afraid of God. Because they know that there's wicked things in their heart. And they don't want anybody else to see it. And so when the call comes to the altar, they don't want to be signaled out because they don't want to be labeled as wicked. But their conscience will bring condemnation to them. That's why when somebody messes up and knows they messed up, you won't see their hands lift real high in service. They might give it a shot, but you can tell those who are under the conviction of the power of the Spirit those who God are, is dealing with, He's saying, "Guess what? I I know what you did last night. You might have the you might have the the church fooled, but I, I I got your number, I got your address, and I'm gonna bring it to your attention. I'll fill your mind with with the with your sin. I'll fill your mind with your iniquity. I'll fill your mind with your trespasses, not to destroy you, but to break you, to get you to a place where you're broken for your sin. And when you repent, I'll 
move in and I'll repair. But you've got to be broken. You've got to be broken for your sin. You've got to be broken for your error. Don't play games with God. He's not trying to judge you or condemn you. He's trying to heal you and deliver you and get you to a place where you will make heaven your home. Listen, in Acts 7 and 51, Stephen was preaching a tough word. And he said in verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Stephen called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised. Why? Because they have covered their ears and their thoughts. And they said, no, I'm not going to let the Spirit get inside. I'm going to hang on. I want people to think I'm okay. I want people to think I'm holy. I want people to think me and God have a relationship. But no, they're covering their ears and their thoughts. And they're resisting the Holy Ghost. Instead of believing like those in Acts 2, they resisted. Let's worship the Lord for a moment here. people become stiff-necked oh Lord don't let us cover our ears and our thoughts God and try to act like they're not there Lord help us to not resist your spirit because you're trying you're trying to help us Instead of believing, they resisted. We are in this covenant with the one true God. He gives us an opportunity to make sure any wicked thought or any wicked intention is dealt with because He's trying to take us to that expected end that He has for us. And we talked, we covered this on Sunday. The place that He's trying to take us to. The place where double-mindedness becomes one. Where two-spirited becomes one. We're two-spirited in the world. We're torn. We're caught between heaven and earth. We want both. But when we step into the covenant, we've only got to be focused on heaven. That's got to be our goal. We've got to leave the things of the earth, uh, the cares of this life behind, and we've got to set our affection on things above and not on things of the earth. And we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. And as we move towards Him, our expected end is that double-mindedness and that two-spirited becoming one with Him until we come into the unity of the faith, the oneness of of the faith measured to the stature of the fullness of Christ there is a measurement that we are all headed towards and it's becoming one with Jesus 
Throughout this process, there will be weeping and travail because of who is being formed in us. The weeping and the travail births the, the form of Christ in you. The form of Christ in me. Galatians 4 and 19. And I want to read this to you. In the English Standard Version, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Philippians 4, 6-9, do not be anxious about anything. I'm reading this also in the ESV. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. Everybody say, the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is a place that we're headed towards where the peace of God will guard and protect our hearts and our thought, our thoughts and our mind. And then he goes on to say these, these are the things that will help you stay in that place where your heart, where your thoughts, where your mind is guarded. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatever, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is uh, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You practice uh, how to keep your thoughts uh, controlled, how to bring every thought into captivity. You've got to bring every carnal thought into captivity because like I said Sunday, carnal thoughts produce carnal results. You don't want to be carnal? Well, you need to start thinking about the things that are true, the things that are holy, the things that are good. I'm going to fill my mind. If I can't get my mind fixed on Him, then I've got to pick up His Word and start reading it and say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to read Your Word and I'm going to replace the filth. I know that he said in these two commandments you, you will be able to feel, fulfill all the other commandments. But I, can I tell you, loving him with every fiber of your being is going to be a war for you, for me. So what he said in those two things was enough to keep us busy our whole life. I find in Romans 7 and 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. 
after the inward man. I, I, I've got a connection uh, with God and he's, he, he's, he's dealing with me. He's dealing with the inward parts. But, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the, the body of this death? I thank God. This is the answer through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. If I allow the Lord to deal with the innermost man, the inward man, I will serve God with my mind. I will serve the law with my mind. Can I tell you what, what kind of mindset that we are supposed to have? What kind of thoughts we're supposed to have? We've already read a list of things that we must think on. If there be therefore, Philippians 2, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but he made himself no reputation, and he took upon himself the form of a servant. Christ being formed in me is the form of a servant. Being formed in me is the form of selflessness. Being formed in me is the form of unconditional love. Being formed in me is the form of loneliness. Being formed in me, I've got to be like-minded. We've got to be like-minded. We've got to be one mind, one accord. Christ being formed in you and I. He was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. The expected end that he's taken us to where we become one with Him is gives us the description of what we will be like when we're one. Selfless. Not looking to make a reputation, a name for ourselves. Not looking to become famous. Not looking to get into the spotlight. But looking for ways to serve. Looking for ways to show compassion. Looking for ways to put somebody else's needs above our own. Let this mind be formed in you. Let's all stand.
The longer people resist, the longer it will take. Because there is no bypass. To stay on this journey and to make it to the end, you must allow Him vulnerable part of you. Because those are the things that will keep you out. I wonder if for a few moments if, you, if, if there would be anyone that would like to spend, spend some time Letting the Lord heal you. Letting Him touch you. And helping you get through the things that He's already addressed tonight. Come on, I believe the Lord has already been dealing. You might as well just let him. If your mind is made up, would you spend a few moments and say, Lord, don't let me forget. Don't let me be so comfortable that my mind wanders, that my thoughts wander, and that I fail to come to you and allow you to search me. Why don't we just spend a few moments and let him search us tonight?
vessel you work through
the more you become like Him, the more everything else doesn't matter. Words, the actions of people, the disappointments of life, you become more like Jesus and all those things won't affect you. There's a perfect peace that passeth all understanding and it'll guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus. Amen. I want to be able to I want to be able to let life's arrows bounce off of me. And even when the trouble moves in and I don't I don't have the answers and nothing makes sense, I know that I can just come to him. I can go back to my I can always go back to my altar and listen for his voice. Whatever happens and whatever trouble, we have to return to the altar. Return to the altar that you built in your life and you'll never go wrong and you'll always hear His voice as long as you keep coming back to that altar. Amen. I love you and appreciate you. And uh, I'm looking forward to what...